figure out where are these contributions that have been made by these other categories of people that you're talking about? If that what, where did any other subgroup of people contribute more to civilization than white people? Then, then Western civilization itself, that's rooted in Western Europe, Eastern Europe, and the United States of America, and every place where the footprint of Christianity settled the world. Asia? That's all of Western civilization. Oh, what about Okay, then this is the start of the episode. We just started. We weren't talking before this. This is this is the first word <laughs> we've spoken to each other today. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. Donald Trump guilty. <laughs> they tried twice and the second time was a charm. This is Rock Hard Caucus. Yeah, the first one was so nice. We did it twice. <laughs> that and they, was and not they did a good it. enough joke to interrupt you. <laughs> 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 this is rock hard caucus it's a podcast about politics my name is justin i'm here with evan and natalie hey <laughs> hello <laughs> and a few weeks ago we did an episode about dave Loebsack, a congressman who recently decided not to run again so he made his exit from politics for the time being and now we are doing Another episode similar to that, but uh, this one's about, I would say, a more significant figure in Iowa politics. Uh, We're going to talk about Steve King today, who also recently left his congressional seat. (laughs) Less voluntarily. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It wasn't that he decided not to run again. It was kind of (laughs) decided for him. What if he had done a stop the seal about him steal about himself? <laughs> Just like his family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hasn't done that exactly, but uh, one of the last things he did while he was still in Congress was file an ethics complaint against Kevin McCarthy. Against <laughs> <laughs> who? Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the speaker. House minority, or, uh, leader. minority leader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His logic being that no previous uh, member of Congress had been removed from their committee assignments for anything aside from, like, committing crimes. Mm, well, oh, well, little did he I know that... news for you. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> I mean, I have seen... I've heard a lot of comparisons between the two of them. I don't think it's quite fair, but... Fair to who? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> They're different kinds of awful. Is all yeah. I'm saying. I think that they are largely in support of each other, though. Oh yeah, they have mutual yeah. goals for sure. Mm-hmm. What was she actually removed for? Not not fucking the hot gold's gym dude, but like, what was she in trouble for? <laughs> oh, all kinds of shit. Like she did a bunch of social media shit. Like she. Like some posts about like putting a bullet in Hillary Clinton's head. Okay, she's a mess, man. Like, there's a whole bunch of she's a QAnon lady. Yeah, right. she edged out Lauren Boebert for the craziest new freshman congressman. <laughs> ever. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. There's two of them. There's two of her. That's the difference, <laughs> by the way, between the two of them is that Stephen King was like totally down with the Republican establishment until he wasn't when there was like actual outrage, enough yeah, outrage to tip the scale. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene just got elected and has already been like stripped of all of her <laughs> committee seats. This was a heavily researched episode, so I think we better we better get to it. Start talking about Steve King, uh, and actually, I I kind of kicked back. I took a little bit of a break for this one, and I let Evan take responsibility for the research. So, wh- where do we start? Where do we begin, Evan? Um, let's see. So, I have the Wikipedia page open for Steve King here. It says uh, Stephen Edwin King is an American author of horror, supernatural fiction, suspense, crime, science fiction, and fantasy novels. His books have sold more than 350 million copies. You know, it's really impressive that he was able to be both a sitting representative for the Iowa and also like one of the best-selling authors of all time at the same time. Yeah, but- that's. <laughs> Is all of your research based on on this Wikipedia page in particular? Yeah, so like I've kind of familiarized myself. I I know like The Stand is probably my favorite novel of his. <laughs> I know there's a new uh, you know, TV adaptation of it. Like it's different from the old TV adaptation of it. Uh, and I haven't yeah. seen it, but I think didn't you tweet about it, Justin? Have you been watching it? Yeah, I watched it. I uh was not a fan. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews. But I, the book is pretty good. But I don't know if about <laughs> releasing a film about a respiratory virus that spreads across <laughs> the entire country it was really a right choice for like 2020. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like you said, he he's also he was a sitting member of of government, the legislature at the time that this this series was being released. It's it's kind of insensitive, I think, for for somebody <laughs> like an elected official to be. <laughs> producing something like that at this time yeah i wonder if he was part of those hollywood tax breaks you know <laughs> okay so that that was uh that was our prepared bit for for today <laughs> to start off with a good, <laughs> good joke <laughs> one of like three that we've <laughs> there are two different steve kings ha <laughs> yes the horror author is not the same person as the longtime member of Congress. So that's fact number one for you. Two different people. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to just throw my, all my notes in the trash then. God damn it. Fortunately, I, I did do a little bit of backup research just in case something like this happened. <laughs> so, as I said, Steve King, probably a more prominent figure in national politics than Dave Loebsack. Actually, I don't really need the qualifier there. He's definitely a more prominent figure in national (laughs) politics. Yeah, got a lot more media attention than Loebsack ever did. Uh, It was negative media attention, but, you know. Oh, press is good press. Yeah, maybe maybe negative media attention is bad, but we'll see what happens, I guess, with his (laughs) post-congressional career. Yeah. Wait, do you know what he's up to now? Oh, I'm excited. A little bit. We'll we'll get to that at the end. OAN News? (laughs) Yeah, or is he with the same production company as that one lady, <laughs> the titty lady from Star Wars? Yeah, I bet Ben <laughs> Shapiro would be happy to do a Steve King produced film. Yeah. In fact, they could probably play on the same confusion that we had just a minute ago. <laughs> do like a horror movie uh, written by Steve King. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that would be scarier than anything that Steve King has actually written, probably. <laughs> yeah, they could do like a a film adaptation of the Turner Diaries or something. <laughs> Just to be clear, I don't think we've mentioned this, but Steve King is a Nazi. Like, the yeah. absolute, yeah, fucking white supremacist, 
Oh like, yeah, he's like other people's babies. He's got eugenics. He's got white um, genocide. It's important that we know that he fucking was in his in a state that fought for the union and still puts the Confederate flag all over his fucking office. Like, yeah, that is a pretty fucking telling phenomenon. Like, <laughs> come the fuck on. <laughs> well, to to be fair, I think it was only one small Confederate flag on his desk. <laughs> Oh, okay. But uh, still. Still. And I think he was pressured into removing it from his office a couple years ago. But that doesn't take away any of the, like, obvious uh, symbolism there. Yeah, he expresses, like, not... He doesn't do any of the bullshit anyone else does, like, couching it in anything. He's just like, I think that white people should have more babies. Yeah. Just, like, (laughs) just says it, you know? And he's like, what's wrong with that? I think being a white supremacist is fine. It's like you don't, <laughs> right. you can't just say that. Haven't you figured out? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you can. You can't. Unfortunately, just say that, but... yeah, you probably can. Well, that touches on basically like the main story of Steve King that everyone knows about that has been discussed in the national media at length. Which you know, summary is. Steve King made frequent racist remarks, such as, uh, what's so wrong with white supremacy, huh? When did that become a bad phrase? (laughs) That's one of his greatest hits. And uh, so those frequent remarks attracted a lot of national press. What was the one he said about people from Guatemala have legs like cantaloupes? Yes, yes. What? Uh, That was about uh, drug dealers. Traveling over the border. It's just the most racist shit you can possibly think of mm-hmm. that he has said while sitting as U.S. representative. And like I said, the Republican Party was 100% down with it. You know, he was actively endorsed, obviously, by the party yeah. for years before it became a problem. Yeah. So all of the negative national press that he started receiving for his frequent racist comments uh, led to a close election against J.D. Shulton in 2018 because a bunch of people all over the country were donating to Shulton's campaign. And uh, I guess it actually must have persuaded some of King's voters away. Uh, And as a result of that close election, the GOP saw that he was a liability. They removed him from his committee assignments and that set the stage for Randy Feenstra to successfully primary Steve King last year and replace him. And uh, yeah, Feenstra did, of course, much better than Steve King did against J.D. Shulton. So problem solved for the Republicans. (laughs) It was never going to be, it was always going to be a primary. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, J.D. Shulton, I mean, he got Kind of, kind of close, but like yeah, it was like two points in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess that's pretty close. But no, I mean still. for for that district, that's extremely close. Like the closest mm-hmm. a Democrat had come in a very long time. He seemed pretty cool. I saw him around at some events. I don't know. He's, Maybe not. Much better than <laughs> much better than Steve, Steve King. King. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's better than the standard uh, Iowa Democrat, even. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't mean yeah. like fantastic, but. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like, usually 95% of the time, I'm like, if it's just exactly the same, but, you know, more palatable to people, you know, that's not really an improvement. But Steve King is a fucking Nazi. And so I think it's good to get rid of him, even if you're just replacing him with a standard conservative that, like, ultimately supports the same policy. (laughs) He's a fucking Nazi, you know? It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like, the 
them replacing him with Randy Feenstra is like a net positive for the Republican Party. I know, and I I think like it's not really worth giving a shit the vast majority of the time. But I really liked when he lost. Yeah, it made sure. me there, it yeah, made there's... me feel better. I felt better. <laughs> Usually, I feel nothing, <laughs> and I was like, you know what. I feel better. <laughs> yeah, it is funny, at least, that he got screwed by his own people. Well, and maybe it shows that, like, the cultural... I mean, the cultural winds have changed. That's, like, the only time in our lives that, like, actual progress has been made in some ways. Like, you know, like, gay marriage. I mean, a lot of it's just, like, obviously, like, superficial shit. But, like, if someone like Steve King can be outed for doing, like I said, the same shit that he's been doing for years, but then it finally caught up to him, then, like, I guess that's some tiny amount of progress if, it, you know? if people feel embarrassment because of it that's a win because it's like western iowa you, yeah, know? And, you know yeah i mean there are some there are some i guess suburban republicans who do buy at least the idea that like there is systemic racism in this country to, to any extent like then how can you vote for someone like steve king you know and like you know i think the capital rise kind of show us that like the explicitness does you know drive i i don't know we shouldn't be laughing at or minimizing these people honestly like we should be just be ignoring them but steve king is <laughs> fucking <laughs> if so i've made a huge mistake yeah okay, <laughs> so we need to like continually episode. reiterate like the fucking you know white supremacy that exists within this country. It's important, but then also yes. like on the one hand, it's like also like I don't know liberals just bash Republicans constantly and don't focus on like they they focus more on winning over Republicans. They focus on winning over the vast amount of people in this country who might who are just totally disengaged with politics, which is just like stupid. Right. Anyway, yeah. we all agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a little bit different from our Loebsack episode because. You know, Loebsack is such a, a bland figure that it was easier to cover kind of his entire congressional career in an hour. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> King is, you know, a more fascinating study. So I'm not going to be able to cover everything. Uh, you know, you have the summary, which is what ended his congressional career, pretty much sums up like what he was all about. But for today, we're going to focus on like a few small moments, mostly early in his political career. Yeah, that makes me happy. I don't know a ton of right. like earlier in his career, and mm -hmm. I only really got focused on him when everyone else did, I guess, which is right. not great. He was in the back of my mind as like a shithead, but it's like I really didn't start paying attention to him until he started talking about other people's babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I also, I pulled... Mostly articles that I could find that had quotes from him so we could get his own words. This is the first, I believe, the first mention of Steve King in like any kind of news publication. And this is in the Sioux City Journal from June 5th of 1996. And this is when uh, Steve King decided to run for state senate. Uh, Republican challenger Steve King sent state senator Wayne Bennett into involuntary retirement Tuesday. Interesting. Foreshadowing for the end of his own career. <laughs> uh, with nearly all precincts reporting in the sprawling Senate District 6, King held a more than two-to-one lead over Bennett. The Ida Grove Republican faced the end of his legislative career, which spans 24 years. Yeah, King got 68%, which is 3,359 votes, to Bennett's 1,585. So he beat him pretty soundly. 
king who lives in Chiron and owns an Odebolt construction business always, called for term always, limits. What? <laughs> always with some like fucking construction boat business or like <laughs> <laughs> just shit like that is always like the what these people do. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, pretty Western Iowan or just Iowan in general, sort of. Well, just like the worst people all yeah. have like small. Yeah, the little businesses that you see in small towns. Driving a fucking F-150 and claiming you're working class. Right. (laughs) Uh, So he had a construction business, and in his campaign he called for term limits and contended that State Senator Bennett had overstayed his welcome in the legislature and accused him of being closely tied to special interests. When they say that, what special interests are they talking about? What special interests concern Republicans? <laughs> like, you know the ones. Black Lives Matter is a special interest. Like abortion <laughs> advocates are a special also, interest. Also, is he implying that he is like too liberal or something? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know the context in terms of like 1996 yeah. Western Iowa politics. <laughs> yeah. So he won the primary and then he went on to defeat Eileen Hyden in the general election, uh, 64% to 35%. So a pretty strongly Republican district there. And then his reelection in 2000, he kept his state Senate seat against Democrat Dennis Ryan, 70% to 30%. What did he do during that time, his first term, though? Good question. I have a few examples here from the Iowa legislative website archive here and i decided to limit this to uh king's sponsored legislation in the iowa legislature that ended up becoming law so i've got four examples of that Uh, the first one is senate file 2073 uh, an act prohibiting the performance of partial birth abortions relative to a human fetus establishing a cause of action for violation of the prohibition and providing penalties Do you have thoughts on this, Natalie? (laughs) I just fucking hate that shit. (laughs) Fucking hate it. That's not a thing. Stop it. Jesus fucking Christ. It's just like an incrementalism thing. Like, they start with this. (laughs) What partial birth means is that you do an abortion in the, like, canal instead of in the uterus. It's the same thing. Like, it doesn't mean that the baby is crowning and then they saw its head off. Like, (laughs) they tried to fly. God, yeah. (laughs) Like, that sounds like its feet are still in the vagina and its head is hanging out and they're just bashing. Right. That's not what that means. It's just like a a term that they have for a particular kind. It's just dumb. Uh, Yeah, so he introduced that in the legislature and it was signed into law by Governor Terry Branstad. I believe that was in 98 that that became law. Yeah, that's a thing that that we were really into at that time. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Steve King did, uh, well, I guess, I think Newt Gingrich became, like, speaker in, like, 1995, but, like, he did kind yes. of come in with the wave of, because the Republicans controlled both houses of Congress at the time. It's very kind of similar to the, like, later Obama years, but, yeah, like, Newt Gingrich obviously was, like, he kind of, like, ushered in some of the, like, most ridiculous partisan blood sport politics. And actually, yes. with abortion, Newt Gingrich actually used to be pretty soft on abortion, but then, like, as time went on, he's become more and more fucking reactionary and ridiculous about it. I don't know. Steve King is probably a pretty good barometer for like how the party has changed 
over the years. Yeah, he doesn't, they don't believe shit about it. There are, like, no deeply held beliefs regarding, Steve King does because he wants people to have more white babies. Yeah, yeah New King Rich does doesn't give care. a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He, he, he just, doesn't give a single it's, volatile. It's a, it's a wedge issue. It's yeah. fucking, I mean, like, New King Rich accelerated that shit, but obviously, like, since, you know, like, before Watergate or whatever, it's, like, mm-hmm. been fucking cut through with the partisan shit but yeah and mm-hmm. i mean that's the kind of shit they bring up when like you know the con- economy is doing pretty well and there's no war and there's no pandemic then like that surges back to the surface we're talking about abortion all the fucking time yeah a wedge issue yeah yeah where it's like religious people don't give a fuck about that they give a fuck about you know not having to integrate their schools and paying low, lower taxes are you kidding me they don't give a solitary fuck about abortion i think like a lot of the like rank and file members of evangelical churches do simply because of like being fed this shit forever because you know it's it's not really a thing that people cared about until like uh you have like jerry falwell and stuff like being like you know this is something that we could make a thing it was just catholics who were like who gave a shit this isn't like a enduring evangelical issue until they were like you know we really don't want to integrate our schools um what are some things we could seize on to get political power that's why you, like, didn't see a lot of this bullshit, like, closer to, like, the passing of Roe v. Wade. And it's such a lie. Like, it's not true that the, like, evangelical backlash against abortion is a result of Roe v. Wade. What is true is that these religious schools in the South did not want to integrate and they knew that they could, like, weaponize that issue a lot more easily than they could integration because the, like tide was kind of turning against like enduring segregation in these religious schools. So it's like they cared about black people and they care about taxes. This is bullshit. Like mm-hmm. they never gave a shit about this. Yeah, it's a they, lie. They just use the anti Roe v. Wade sentiment to their advantage. Right, exactly. It was like a backlash to the fucking like sixties. Like Yeah, yeah, yes. It's a it was reactionary in it it's always had to do with whether they have to let black people into private Christian schools. The, the Catholics have cared about it forever. Props to the Catholics, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they were anti-abortion 200 years ago, and they are now, and they cared about it before. They cared about it after Roe v. Wade, but evangelicals didn't give a fuck. I think it's safe to say that Republicans don't really have any fucking principles at all at no, this point. Of course not. <laughs> like, obviously. But it's like, we've obviously, I mean, we have our different perspectives because of when we've been alive, but like, it seems pretty clear that it's like the political situation is just regressed anyway that's my like tiny tiny side note like to remember that like someone like newt gingrich is not doing that because of deeply held beliefs someone like steve king is but it's not because he just loves babies so much it's because you know you can you gotta get those white ladies churning out more because of demographic panic okay and moving on in steve king's accomplishments in the iowa state senate He also got Senate File 109 into law, which relates to workers' compensation coverage for injuries that occur and claims made outside of the state. This is a little bit too boring for me to actually parse. but I assume uh, it's about denying them. (laughs) Yeah, I assume that it limits the scope of what a worker can claim. 
hurt for a company that is domiciled in Iowa, but they have a little different locations or something like that. Yeah. I bet There's it had nothing to do stuff. with his construction business whatsoever. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we have Senate File 2051, which relates to the creation of a state interagency Missouri River Authority and specifying its powers and duties. Ooh, that sounds like big government to me. <laughs> yeah. Also, not really interesting enough for me to delve any further into. But this, this last one, this is like his big achievement as a state senator. Senate File 165. An act enacting the Iowa English Language Reaffirmation Act of 2001. Okay. So, he made English the official language of the state of Iowa. <laughs> okay. This was actually kind of a one of the big parts of his early campaigns was that English should be the official language, which is, of course, just like racist and <laughs> anti-immigrant but they he often spun it as like no they should learn english because then they'll have way more opportunities available mm. to them <laughs> it's like no you're just mad that like people are accepting of mexican immigrants speaking spanish sometimes <laughs> and you don't want them to be around you his construction workers are making fun of him in spanish he wants that to be illegal <laughs> And uh, yeah, that was signed into law by Governor Vilsack in 2002. So, um, oh, of course it was. Oh, excellent yeah. work. Another turd who has floated to the top of the <laughs> Biden toilet <twill> bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him, dude. <laughs> Regarding King's uh, accomplishments in the state legislature, here's an article uh, from the Sioux City Journal on May 29th, 2002 by Nate Tolis. And this was about when King decided to run for U.S. House. In June 2001, Iowa Senator Steve King entered the race for the Republican nomination for the 5th district seat in Congress. The primary is June 4th. This is back when we had five districts. What a Ooh. what a wonderful time for Iowa. <laughs> Still got two senators, though. <laughs> uh, he was up against three other Republicans in that primary. Jeff Ballinger, uh, John Redwine, and Brent Segrist. All four candidates describe themselves as conservative, but King said he is the most fiscally and socially conservative of the group. Seems like he might have a case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of his uh, character role. In the nearly 12 months since he announced his candidacy for the seat, King has driven from one end of the district to the other several times. He's knocked on doors, attended coffees, and spoken with organizations to name only a few of the kinds of events he's targeted in his quest to be the next state representative from Western Iowa. So he did campaigning. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he ran for office. <laughs> right, like everyone does that. <laughs> <laughs> he concentrated most of his efforts on smaller communities and rural areas in the district, which, yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. I wonder how big his uh, company was in relation to, I don't remember the name of the town, but I'm just thinking of like all of these rural communities that are often dominated by one particular business or industry and uh, i can see how someone like steve king might be the kind of guy who runs a company like that yeah i believe king construction is still pretty profitable yeah i don't know anything about it but i think one of his kids runs it now yeah it's just interesting how like i mean obviously like you know big fish in a small pond thing mm -hmm. you can get a lot of influence that way and then you can go into similar communities and preach the same shit like look look what i did for my community or whatever type shit yeah yeah local small business bullshit <laughs> small business tyrants they've got a little bit of uh biographical information here born in storm lake 
King graduated from Denison Community High School and attended Northwest Missouri State University. Uh, they say attended because he did not receive a degree from there. Not that I'm judging. It's just relevant, you know. Uh, he and his wife, Marilyn, who have been married for 29 years, have three grown sons. Big boys. <laughs> three grown <laughs> Large sons. Large adult sons, probably. Yeah, that old trope. <laughs> Uh, David, the oldest, and his wife, Megan, work at King Construction, the business which King founded in 1975. Uh, the two younger sons, Michael and Jeff, are students at Iowa State University. I assume in the intervening uh, 19 years, they have finished their studies. King's <laughs> wife teaches kindergarten at Old Bolt Arthur Elementary School. Think about that. Steve King's wife teaching kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> The guy who's pushing white like. nationalism on the national stage has a wife teaching five-year-olds <laughs> how to become human beings. Yeah, I mean, Iowa um, used to be like, oh, like one of the best places to raise a kid has one of the best education systems through the 90s, and it's gone fucking straight down downhill since then. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to kill public education right Can, now. Yeah, they're explicitly trying to fucking destroy public education now. It's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. As a businessman, he's met a payroll and understands the impact of government on small business. <laughs> Great. Uh, while serving in the Senate, King has been the author of a number of famous pieces of legislation, <laughs> including the official English bill. <laughs> what does that even do? Everyone speaks English. <laughs> yeah, fucking nothing. Yeah, it's really symbolic. I mean, that's kind of the excuse that Vilsack gave when he signed it. <laughs> Was that, well, it doesn't really do anything, so <laughs> it's just symbolic racism. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. what, could go, what could go wrong by capitulating to that slowly mm-hmm. over time, a little piece by piece? Yeah. I used to work for a doctor who would get so worked up about this stuff. Like, he got an email from his kid's school, and there it started out with an email in English. And then underneath that, the same email was translated into Spanish. And right. he was just mm-hmm. worked up as fuck yeah, about that, it. Yeah, that it's even included. Just yeah, makes them exactly. Furious. That it's even yeah. included. It's like you can read it. It's at the top. Why do you care? Like, yeah. <laughs> but it was just he was pissed <laughs> that like they would even suggest yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also list changes to the state's drug testing laws. Oh, God. I don't know the full context of that, but, you know, obviously. There's no way. It's <laughs> fucking good. That's another yeah. thing that, yeah, Democrats will cave, cave the fuck out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And the God and Country Bill. I didn't even look up oh, what that my was. Fucking God. <laughs> uh, a vocal opponent of the current local option sales tax, which allows urban retail center areas such as Woodbury County to vote in an extra penny of sales tax for school infrastructure. <laughs> King has God. called the bill the worst piece of public policy he's ever seen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Not even fucking oh. Jim, Jim Crow. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Justin. I did pull up the God and Country bill. Yeah, it was a bill it. that would force Iowa schools to teach that the United States is the unchallenged greatest nation in the world. 
<laughs> wow. They already do that. U.S. has derived its strength from biblical values and the forces and philosophies of free enterprise and Western civilization. Oh, that's a phrase I'm sure that you're yeah. going to repeat at some point here. That's that's basically like what they're doing now, trying right. to get rid of the uh, 1619 project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That they're shit pushing is... back with uh, God and country style shit. Which is like what a New York Times thing. And then like, I guess they were going to teach it in some school like some teachers were like this is important to know about you know the racial history of this country and then there was just a backlash to that like i just don't understand it's a new york times piece like right it's it's not even like a specific like set of curriculum it's just like yeah a a source for some of this information (laughs) they're just mad that research exists i guess (laughs) this stuff is like have you ever fucking attended a high school (laughs) my high school was just Absolute propaganda, capitalist propaganda, fucking founding yeah. fathers, American exceptionalism. We all went propaganda. to the same class when, th- yeah. yeah. And but it was like a liberal, like, right? It's probably one kind of the of, more progressive high schools in the state. Yeah. yeah. And we, I look back on it. The economics they taught at that the school is absolutely stuff. fucking nuts to all the rich kids. No, it was, it was the fucking Chicago no, school. None of the poor kids took economics classes, but the rich kids did. They and took budgeting like, class. The guy, Poor kids fucking did Francis budgeting. McMahon. Rest oh my god. <laughs> Wait, is he dead? I don't think he died. I don't. Know. Wait, he's really? Not dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got in a motorcycle accident, but he's not dead. Oh, okay. Never mind. But he literally went to the University of Chicago. Yeah, he was in the Chicago school, like a contemporary of Thomas Friedman, and it shows. He was, yeah, he was a shit, he was just, like, actively, like, a shithead. I mean, on top of that, like, AP economics, like, as a national curriculum, it's like, you are doing a year-long economics course that is supposed to be the equivalent of a college course, and you don't mention Marx one time. And it's like, even if the purpose is to, like, indoctrinate people into capitalism. You can't just pretend one of the most important economists in history or economic philosophers or whatever doesn't exist. That's everywhere. I mean, even fucking Harvard, Yale, like Richard Wolff, I guess really the only, like, Marxist economist who has any sort of, like, public figure, but Mm -hmm. he, like, went to, like, Stanford, Harvard, and Yale. Like, he, he said he got one course that even taught mentioned Marx that are had any Marx in the <laughs> curriculum. Yeah, I didn't read any Marx until uh, philosophy class in college. But yeah, I've definitely had a similar experience of just like realizing like how much fucking bullshit. Just yeah, the propaganda. That you just accept it on face value, econ. and then you still think you're a progressive person. Yeah, and it's like, and my AP history class, and I feel like econ is funny because it's like eighty percent. Um, Chicago schools, like absolute psycho, the minimum wage is bad. And then it's like, and all the way on the other side, we have Keynes. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not the other side, dudes. That's right. just like softer capitalism. Yeah, that's like the other endorsed method of like looking at economics, which is like, we are slightly better, but spectrum from it's also very to- fucking like outdated at this point. I don't know. I mean, there's still some like modern monetary theories a lot influenced by Keynes, but ugh. King signed as a legislator and a candidate a pledge against any tax increases. Yeah, that's pretty normal. The Democrats are doing that. You know, it's like pay <laughs> yeah, as you go shit. That's yeah, the at this like point. balanced budget amendment mm-hmm. bullshit garbage. That's fake. The deficit is fake. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Raise taxes. Pay off the deficit. 
simple. This next part, though, is is pretty like interesting. King is also known for having successfully sued Iowa Governor Tom Vilsack over executive orders the governor issued, which ordered state agencies not to discriminate based on sexual preference or gender identity. And this next sentence, uh, keep in mind, this was in the Sioux City Journal in 2002, and it's uh, discussing the beliefs of Steve King. So there's going to be some uh, language here that's a little outdated and insensitive. (laughs) (laughs) So regarding those uh, executive orders from the governor, King argues it would have granted preferential treatment to homosexuals, transsexuals, and transvestites. Wonderful. Preferential Mm -hmm. treatment, huh? Yes, that extremely easy identity to live with in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One that hasn't been, like, demonized by people like Steve King. Cushy-ass life of trans people in the 90s. Give me a fucking break. Yep. I can't remember if that comes up again in another article, but yeah, just keep in mind that uh, Vilsack signed these executive orders and then king successfully sued the governor over it so that that was struck down by iowa courts king favors the death penalty which he views as a deterrent to crime (laughs) (laughs) that's another just absolute delusion he said that stand is consistent with his pro-life stand because the death penalty can protect innocent lives (laughs) it also takes innocent lives frequently That's that's always the argument of that is that babies are innocent and unmarred by sin and right. grown up people are so are, are marred by sin so they deserve it. It's insane. Don't I mean there's no fucking point in pointing this out though. They know. Steve yeah. King knows. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have an, another article here from that same uh, campaign season. This is by Dave Yoder, again in the Sioux City Journal, October 13th, 2002. It's called King Takes Conservative Path. He hasn't lost an election yet, and Steve King doesn't intend to now. Editors note, he had won two elections at this point. Not exactly (laughs) like a huge record of winning. (laughs) Uh, The Republican candidate for the 5th District came out on top in his Iowa Senate races in 96 and 2000, and then won a hotly contested party primary in June. Not content to tinker in the margins, King, 53, has big ideas like moving from an income tax to national sales tax. Oh, hell yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Flat tax, baby. Yeah. I mean, that's normal. That's normal, especially for that time period. Yeah, yeah. It's normal for a lot of candidates to uh, to say they support that, but I don't think we've ever come anywhere close to that becoming a no, reality. No, because that's insane. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. 999, man. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah tax policy is a fucking <laughs> that's another hard to get over one for a lot of people twice in conversation he spoke about how in congress he will learn where leverage exists and then use it to advocate legislation that will benefit iowans and if no such leverage exists king said he would create it uh i believe that this is justin talking now uh this is a pretty direct contrast with Loebsack in terms of like their confidence in <laughs> in achieving their goals. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Dave Lopesack's like worried like, oh, like I have these Republicans in my district, like I have to speak to them. And like Steve King is like, fuck that, I'm just gonna rally the people that I know are like <laughs> yeah. gonna fucking ride with me, you know? I'm gonna do what I want and I'm going to like push as much leverage as I possibly can. I know can. that the people who support me the most like this, I'm going to do it. Imagine a fucking Republican saying, I represent both sides in my district, so I'm going to go figure out what, <laughs> what yeah. the, 
Democrats don't actually exercise. like to exercise power because it's icky. <laughs> Exercising power is icky. <laughs> it's if you if you do it, then you're like a populist. You're like a demagogue. Yeah, people might like, you know people might if be you mad say things that you... are popular. Yeah, like it's bad. Like people. What if what if someone's mad? Let's triangulate yeah. and do. Exor- exercising oblivion. any kind of like legislative power that yeah. would be a violation of technocracy you know that even <laughs> things that are popular some people disagree with them and we have to consider their opinions <laughs> in fact i've got a quote from king here now which kind of further illustrates the point he doesn't apologize for his views and wonders at the too right label his opponents try to stick on him i guess that was like a an issue in the primary the other republicans were like this guy is too much <laughs> We're more way normal. to advertise for him yeah. in the fucking <laughs> that district. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? King asks when he got over seventy percent affirmation on his second run for the state senate in two thousand, and since his pro-life stance and support for English as official language are overwhelmingly supported. If those views are in line with a majority of Iowans, how can critics call him too extreme? King stated, are my constituents therefore too extreme? King asked, I don't yes. think so. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Sometimes people don't deserve representation. <laughs> this is a man who isn't afraid of the label, as the front of his campaign flyer reads, right for Western Iowa. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying what I believe, King said, and for the most part, folks out here appreciated that. I have led out of conviction, and I've done so without regard for my own political survivability. I haven't strived to be, I'll say, politically correct in everything I do. Okay, obviously I don't have any respect for Steve King, but, (laughs) I mean, he was in Congress for almost 20 years with this attitude. I mean, the thing is, is you just need to do it back. Like, they have people who will say this shit, and then there is no one in the Democratic Party who's like, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> the one thing that this like tiny side note is that I have seen people saying lately that like, you know, myself included is like so fucking down about the Democratic Party and like fuck these like feckless wet noodles. There has been a significant shift from Democrats in the 90s to some of the Democrats that exist today. Absolutely. You know. Like, Lieberman to having, you know, fucking Ilan Omar in Congress. I mean, that, you know, Excuse it, it me, does... Excuse me, Lieberman is not even a Democrat. He's like Bernie. He's a fucking independent <laughs> who caucused with Democrats and prevented them. Like, he was the guy that, like, they dropped the public option for. He was the, pre, the pre-mansion. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, that was more welfare reform wouldn't fly in the same way with the democratic party today and there's something to be said for that but it's like they're again it's like the they're just shifting with the political winds because of the stuff that they did in the past that allowed us to get to this point (laughs) where like the fucking downtrodden are just being fucking run over they're being trotted upon (laughs) <laughs> the downtrodden are being trod down and it's gotten worse and now people are pissed off about it so like i mean that's the thing it's like reform is never going to come from fucking within we yeah. need outside pressure 
and people we need to push the people who are on the inside Mm -hmm. yeah like the the credit for this should go to the organizers fighting for these different causes like it goes to the fight for 15 people it goes to those are the people who did it it's not the fucking not the fucking democratic party but it's still showing some evidence that there you know there's a big difference it's entirely hopeless everyone but (laughs) (laughs) well within the political there is a difference between the politicians but they're still within the same fucking system like that's the main problem like but i'm saying it's like they can tweak it in positive ways and there are yeah signs that you know the average democratic politician is has better things to say (laughs) than they used to i'm saying like we can say as a populist thing like the things people support and the way people Mm -hmm. think you know it makes a difference it's proof that it makes a difference like people who are able to like articulate and come together on certain issues like the bernie campaign obviously has been a big factor in that i think like a huge factor in that probably the biggest factor i mean it's the biggest factor for me i never heard of that shit before that okay there is uh one more like little bit in this article that i should read in September, again, this is in 2002, uh, King was the subject of an Omaha World Herald article for his reported racially insensitive remark to an African-American Democrat who was attending an Iowa Farm Bureau stump event in Council Bluffs. So as you can see, this guy was always like this. Wait, he got into it with a heckler? No, this was uh, Or just he somebody... just singled out <laughs> a black guy. <laughs> Francis Bogus told the newspaper that King approached um, I'm him. I'm sorry, and who? Francis it's B-O-G-G-U-S-S. Bogus or bogus? I don't know. Bogus. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Francis Bogus told the newspaper that King approached him and the first thing he said was, we must be over toward the back of the bus when he looked at me. What? Cool. <laughs> oh my fucking God, dude. I I don't know. I assumed it was like a, you know, politician town hall type thing. Yeah, a an Iowa Farm Bureau stump event. Yeah. Uh, the comment offended Bogus, who took it as a reference to the time before the civil rights movement when blacks had to ride in the uh, back okay. of public thank buses. You yeah. for the oh, yeah. like, I think he may I have mean, been right. A lot of people <laughs> probably needed it. But, holy fuck, man. Needed the context for that? <laughs> uh, Jean Hartwell, chairwoman of the Potawatomi... Potawatomi. Thank you, thank you. What kind of island are you? Yeah, I bet on, you man. drink high fructose wheat syrup. Come Dude, on. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. Potawatomi. <laughs> Jean Hartwell, uh, who is the chairwoman of that county's Democrats, was at the table and said she heard essentially the same remark as Bogus, the World Herald reported. Uh, King denied the back of the bus comment. I think it is interesting that the two people who make that allegation can't agree on what was said, King said. <laughs> That is a hedge if ever I heard one. I think it is also interesting that they happen to be the top two Democrat activists in Potawatomi County. Oh, hey, the reason I fucked up saying it before is that it was uh, misspelled the first time. Potawatomi. (laughs) They skipped uh, the first A the first time it was in this article. Not my fault. (laughs) Uh, Continuing, King said, that night I did go over and talk to them. I do that for folks who look like they are left out. I'm the good guy here. <laughs> I just love including people. I love it when people feel included. <laughs> I can remember the conversation, but I could not, cannot come up with what would make them think that. They seem to not be able to remember any of the rest of the conversation. 
I mean, we believe I, that when he people that. hear, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the sort of thing that you might remember, and like you might, yeah, those things remember stand to the out. exclusion of the rest of the conversation, which was probably extremely boring, if I can imagine, <laughs> like the Farm Bureau whatever mm-hmm. event <laughs> he was at, and then he he follows it up with this, said King. It is a shame that in this country, when someone speaks the truth with clarity, that they get labeled a racist and a bigot. (laughs) How can we ever make progress as a society if we can't be honest? If we see success, can't we call it success? And if we identify it as success as a people, can't we go back and quantify the common denominators that produce that success? Sounds like you're moving the goalposts here. What is he talking about? (laughs) <laughs> what is he on about now yeah it's just just rhetorical distraction <laughs> yeah if it happens to be homogenous by religion or by race then isn't that a factor we can talk about oh no <laughs> yeah, oh no yeah. look i'm not okay. racist i'm just saying certain races happen to be better <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> God. isn't that always what it boils down to <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean, it's pretty easy to spot once you've, like, attuned yourself to it. Mm-hmm. And the rest of this article is pretty much fluff, so I think I can skip it. No one gave a shit about... I mean, that's pretty explicit. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't mm-hmm. seen that in fucking, like, any other, like, King, Steve King retrospective. That's, Not that I've been paying yeah. that much attention to him, but... That's pretty explicit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so in the 2002 election, uh, he, of course, he won that primary, and then he beat Democrat Paul Shamshore... It's 62 to 37%. Pretty strong. In March of 2003, he introduced the English as the official language. Uh, He introduced basically that same bill on a national level. It didn't really go anywhere, fortunately. And then I've got a little bit. So in his first term, that's when the Iraq war started heating up, you know, and, uh, uh, what do you want to guess? Do you think he was supportive or not? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we can bomb brown people and can make a fuckload of money. Yeah. All right. So this is from April 16th of 2003 by Brett Hayworth, again, in the Sioux City Journal. Uh, Brett Hayworth's name comes up a lot. He did a lot of the reporting on King over his uh, tenure in the House. So this guy knows him pretty well. The headline is, King says Bush's political power is at peak. Again, this is, again, like a a demonstration of the contrast of perception of how power works and can be wielded between a figure like Steve King versus Loebsack. President Bush stands with untold political power as the war in Iraq winds down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Foreshadowing. And federal lawmakers would do well to recognize that. It's still winding down, isn't it? It's still winding down. King, a Republican from Chiron, contends that Bush has more political power than any president since Franklin Delano Roosevelt at his peak, which I guess is probably kind of true at that time. He was the fucking decider, dude. (laughs) He wore the fucking cowboy hat sometimes. The critics who questioned the need to pursue war without the United Nations or who stand in the way of Bush's 10-year plan to cut taxes by $726 billion may pay a political price, he said. I would like to point out that they said oppose war without the United Nations, which is some bullshit that the Democrats were on about at the time. Who the fuck cares? It's wrong. 
they were like, we'd support this if we had other countries doing it with us. Like, fuck off. No, well, it's, it's wrong all it took way. was just lying to them directly. And then they right. were like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how good the UN really works when every country just, well, I mean, mostly the US just lies. What we have now is we have an administration that has been absolutely right, King said, uh, naming Bush, his cabinet, and military advisors. They told the world what kind of weapons of mass destruction were in Iraq. We are proving that on a daily basis. <laughs> there isn't any way it can be argued that this administration didn't give it to the American people and the world as accurately as they possibly could. <laughs> they leveled with America and they leveled with the world and they produced. The naysayers then have discredited themselves. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that really stands the test of time. <laughs> does he have that at the time anyway i and yeah <laughs> this is right before things are gonna start going real downhill yeah <laughs> this got, is like got, post this, 9-11 shit i mean like this is this is again they were capitalizing on public sentiment at the time <laughs> like yeah they don't have to make a fucking strong case anyway just say like oh weapons of mass destruction here it's not like there haven't been weapons of mass destruction <laughs> like held by plenty of our other countries that like it's just a fucking... It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, just important to note that it will be less than two years until the country's in a civil war. 2005 stuff starts really popping off real bad there. It like, is just so funny that the first sentence of that is like, as the war is winding down, <laughs> we're almost done. <laughs> we're almost done. All it took was just to topple Saddam Hussein, and then, you know, just everything would work itself out after that. <laughs> just walk in, just depose... Sitting government. I sort of believe that. Like, it's like kind of funny the combination of just like intensely competent capitalists, but like the stupidest people ever. I mean, like genuinely, they were the civil war there was an accident, and they were just too stupid and full of hubris to attempt. So, like, they're just like, we're just gonna make this white guy the czar, and <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> even know anything about Iraq. Uh, one more quote from King about the war in this article. Our surveillance and our technology is just awesome. <laughs> that message reverberates now throughout the world. That will help our negotiations with North Korea and with Syria and hopefully contribute to us avoiding going into conflict again for a long time to come. <sighs> so as you know, you see, we had to do the war in Iraq in order to prevent doing more war in the future. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's how it's worked out, I'd say. Because we're still just occupied with the same... If it's all the same war, then it's not... <laughs> if it's all, like, a tendril connected to the Iraq war, then it's not like we're going into new wars. <laughs> I mean, we are. It's been, like, five additional countries since then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, all right. So then the rest of this article is sort of about King pushing for tax cuts again. He said Congress also needs to remove the quote, double taxation on dividends and reduce the tax rate on capital gains. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. All that, King said, should be part of tinkering on the tax code. Yet the big upcoming work, he said, is to overhaul and replace our tax code with a consumption tax. So he's still on that. Important to note, 
that consumption taxes, they're like incredibly regressive and the poor people pay the majority of them. But it's fair. Everyone pays the same. It's just that, you know, the same to you means 50% of your income versus (laughs) (laughs) 0.0001%. It's fair though, then, because then, you know, we all put in the same amount and we all get the same amount back. (laughs) Yep. That's how society works. All right. So that was uh, April of 2003 when the war was winding down. (laughs) And then I'm going to follow that up with uh, this this article from October 23rd of 2003, also by Brett Hayworth. Poor guy. <laughs> Headline is, King says, war critics give aid and comfort to enemy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like, I mean, it wasn't every Republican saying this at the time, and 90% of the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's really on board with everyone else at the time but this the specifics here are pretty interesting like the way that he talks about it so he's he's critical of statements such as uh edward kennedy's comment that the war was a fraud perpetrated on the american people and that it was something cooked up in texas by oil barons that that's ted kennedy right edward kennedy i think so yeah yes I mean, it's not fair because it was also cooked up by mercenary companies. So that's really not quite fair to the oil people because there was also... (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of money to be made. Let's be fair. Private security companies as well. So credit where credit's due. (laughs) So uh, King had recently taken a weekend trip to Iraq. So he's like touring what's going on there. bases, yeah. And he noticed that a lot of Iraqis had satellite dishes. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Flat screen TVs too, I bet. It's not actually like that. He's just saying that they like they can receive international news. Like they can see the way that people are talking about the oh, war in their country. Oh, okay. It's not okay. so much like they have refrigerators. <laughs> greedy <laughs> bastards. Because they didn't. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But the reason that he was talking about the satellite dishes. Uh, such messages, such as the Ted Kennedy thing that I just said, are, quote, being beamed into Iraq. When they see that on their television, you tell me, are they going to build more bombs or less? Are they going to have more or less courage to plant those bombs and detonate those bombs and kill Americans? I believe that that gives aid and comfort to the enemy, and those positions are anti-American. Further, he said, to undermine the efforts of our troops i believe is unconscionable and they should be held accountable for it i think the voters will hold them accountable so it's all just campaign shit i guess in the end Mm. yeah i don't think the you know insurgents in iraq were very like comfortable like you know fighting for like the sovereignty of their own country (laughs) (laughs) i don't think like anything about war is comfortable typically so I'm not sure where he's going there. These people, they're going to see that our own senators are saying that the war is bad, and that's just going to encourage them to kill more Americans. Like, <laughs> otherwise, why would they want to fight no back? They have no other reason to <laughs> want to kill Americans. They saw it on TV, and that's going to convince them <laughs> that this is bad. What's happening to them? You know, otherwise they'd be fine with the fact that there's no running water. <laughs> but if you tell them... Uh, And then I've got, so President Bush signed a ban on partial birth abortion (laughs) in uh, late 2003. And oh, yeah, there's there's some good quotes here from King. So King was obviously very supportive of this bill, very happy that uh, Bush signed it. 
because uh, Clinton had vetoed attempts at this in the past twice. For years, the government has looked the other way while abortionists have performed court-sanctioned <laughs> infanticide, King said. <laughs> uh, partial birth abortion occurs in the last stage of pregnancy. Uh, fact check, Natalie? I mean, yeah, he's okay. right. Uh, King said he didn't want to precisely describe the procedure because he said many would be squeamish to hear its too graphic nature. <laughs> Okay. Sure. And then, but, you know, keep listening. He said partial birth abortion is practiced right up to the final minutes before a baby could be born. Quote, to suck the brains out of a baby while it struggles for mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I don't want to give all the the details because it's it's a little too graphic. People might be squeamish to hear about sucking the brains out of a baby while it struggles for mercy. (laughs) Damn. He's kind of straddling a weird line there. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) There's no form of abortion that involves sucking out the brains. (laughs) What is his, what does he think the goal is to do with Scott? It's all about torture and just maiming. (laughs) That's the goal, right? It's not just a medical procedure. It's for sadistic pleasure. (laughs) It was with a tear in my eye and a heavy feeling in my heart that I watched this bill become law. For no matter how lives will now be saved because of it, I could not help but reflect on the countless babies who prematurely made their way to heaven while this ghastly, ghoulish, and gruesome act was legal. You can't argue with these people. (laughs) You just can't. Yeah, there's no point. Don't bother. If you have people in your life who discuss partial birth abortions, don't fucking bother. (laughs) (laughs) Like... There's some things that you can't deprogram once they've infected someone's brain. There's no reason to try. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I guess it's the same with everything where it's like just external pressure isn't going to do what they have to actually. I don't know how common it is. I mean, there, you do hear about like, I guess, like people leaving their ultra religious families and like going on to live more open minded sort of lives. Mm-hmm. But that's a decision that they have to make, you know? All right. And I have one more piece here from King's first uh, term as a congressman. All right. This is a letter that Steve King wrote to the Sioux City City Council on February 23rd of 2004. So now he's like using his clout as a big national figure to influence uh, the government of a city in his district. Dear City Council members, it has been brought to my attention that the City Council will soon consider a city ordinance granting protected status to homosexuals. I submit to you that this is a dangerous precedent to establish in any form of law, whether in the Constitution or passed by Congress, State Legislature, County Board, School Board, or City Council. Our nation was founded upon the concept of individual rights, not group rights. What? (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? All people enjoy protection of their individual rights. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act guarantees that an individual shall not be discriminated against based on a person's individual race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. So, like, Pretty group, sure that groups qualifies are, a group right. Groups are made up of individuals. <laughs> you would oppose that act being law. <laughs> uh, chapter 19b two of the Code of Iowa adopts the language from Title VII adding a protection for age and disability. 
with the exception of religion and creed, which are specifically protected by the Constitution, each of the remaining protected characteristics are immutable, meaning that these protected characteristics are unchangeable and are not self-identified by characteristics of behavior. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, being gay isn't a choice, like... That was a that Pretty, was standard uh, issue. It is a dangerous precedent to grant rights or rewards <laughs> based upon <laughs> what people say they do within the privacy of their homes. Oh yeah, the rewards, huh? <laughs> They're just trying to get little trophies and treats. <laughs> participation <laughs> trophies. <laughs> The United States Supreme Court decision in Lawrence v. Texas, if read as broadly as many of the justices intended it to be read, indicates that private human sexual behavior in all of its forms is protected by the Constitution. Protected? What do you... I mean, this, it's important to remember that this was the standard party line at the time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember all of this. It is. And he he was very much, like, reinforcing that as like the standard belief in western iowa at the time uh my belief is that their decision was incorrect based on the keyword private in their opinion i believe that people should keep their sexual behavior private in order to retain the liberty to behave in any fashion they choose within the confines of their homes if they do so no one among us would know whom to discriminate against so this is another difference between steve king and marjorie taylor green because she just apparently had a polyamorous personal trainer <laughs> relationship. Tantric, tantric sex. Tantric guru. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> She's not private about it. <laughs> right. Play your freak flag fr- fly, Steve King. Yeah. This is just so sick. <laughs> like, listen, what the f- if- imagine what he does. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't actually oh want god. him to fly his freak flag. <laughs> that would be very very disturbing, I'm sure. <laughs> Which is I mean, really the point is that yeah, these people are like hella oppressed. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's obviously not gay people are not or at least at this time, you weren't discriminating against them because you knew that they had sex in their house with another man. It was like they seemed gay to you. It's not about their private behavior. You are just right. a bigot. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like they had a, a high-pitched voice and you didn't like it. Yeah, if it was really about, yeah, like their private behavior, you wouldn't care. It's private. That's like your whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's how he's trying to pose now is like, look, whatever they do when they're alone is none of my business. Mm. But but it's like the people who would discriminate against them, like not hire them for a job or whatever. It's not because they saw them fucking. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> I guess not. But I would, I would There's assume some in most cases. peeping Tom ass people in a lot of Iowa communities. <laughs> you gotta watch out. When I am considering a job candidate, I go and I hide out. Yeah, window. that's. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Or they just hijack your fucking in your home security system. <laughs> The effort to legislate protected status for behaviors is an activist agenda designed not to promote tolerance, but to legislate acceptance, legitimacy, and public endorsement. Adoption, yeah. of the, <laughs> adoption of the proposed ordinance by the city council would remove one more building block from the structure of marriage and family. It would move America one step closer to homosexual marriage and move Sioux City one step closer to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, boy. 
uh, where they are performing same-sex marriages on the steps of City Hall. Ooh, the horror. <laughs> Uh, San Francisco has gone so far as to grant special legal protections against disparaging a person who is short, tall, fat, skinny, or bald. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. What? It seems made up. <laughs> but I but also... Like, what thing could he extrapolate that bullshit from? <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, I guess, like, what's the problem? Like, <laughs> like you're mad that it's... Like, people can't be rejected from employment because they're too tall? Like, that seems like not a big deal. <laughs> uh, these extremes cause civil rights protections to lose all meaning. I urge you to join me in rejecting the politics and flawed logic of group rights and culture of victimization <sighs> while actively protecting the individual rights of all with special rights for none. Sincerely, Sick. Steve King, member of Congress. I mean, again, it's a pretty standard issue. Sometimes is. I forget how bad it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, like I said, like he still was in the good graces of the Republican Party through this entire, all of the, mm-hmm. the shit. Yeah, and the people of his district ate that shit up. I'll get to his uh, electoral record right after this. But I do just want to say one more time. I want to go back to the part where he said, uh, I believe people should keep their sexual behavior private. And if they do so, no one among us would know whom to discriminate against. (laughs) I want to discriminate against them. It's their own fault. If they just wouldn't let me know they're gay, I couldn't bully them. (laughs) God, I hate it. Okay, so as I said, the people of his district were pretty cool with all of the shit he was doing in Congress, all the letters he was writing back home. And in 2004, he was reelected. He defeated Joyce Schulte, 63 to 36%, and they had a rematch in 2006. She did slightly worse. Joyce Schulte did, got 35%, but King also lost ground. He, he earned 58% of the votes. And I, I don't know like the story behind this, but there was an independent candidate named Roy Nielsen who was able to earn 4.5% of the vote. That's pretty good. And yeah, it's clear that he was pulling most of that from King. Right. So there could be a cool story there, but I didn't dig into it. 2008, reelected again against Rob Hubler, 59 to 37%. Uh, 2010, he beat Matthew Campbell, 65 to 32 and then uh, there was a census that year, of course, which redistricted the state, cut out one of our districts. So Steve was now the congressman from Iowa's fourth district. And this is the first time he had like a, a somewhat competitive election. So in 2012, Christy Vilsack ran as the Democrat, you know, wife of previous governor Vilsack, a big name in the state. But even she was only able to get uh, 44% of the vote to King's 53. So even the most competitive election so far of his career, he still came out eight to nine points ahead. Uh, 2014, he beat Jim Maurer, Jim Maurer, Maurer, (laughs) 61 to 38. And finally, 2016 is where uh, he started getting a little heat from negative press, and he had a primary challenger in Rick Bertrand, but he beat him pretty easily, 64 to 35%, and went on to win again in the general against Kim Weaver, 61 to 38. Almost exactly the same numbers as the 2014 election. 
So he was kind of getting a little heat, but didn't really lose any ground at all with his base. Then again, in 2018, he had a primary challenger, Cindy Hansen, who he beat 74 to 25. <laughs> like, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> and then, of course, that's where we have the J.D. Schulten race, which kind of signaled the beginning of the end for Steve King. 50 to 47%. And then, you know, we're caught up to this past election where Randy Feenster primaried him. And that was uh, 45% to 35%. So he put up a fight, but Feenstra knocked him out and is now the representative for Iowa's 4th District. And everything is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wonder how many of those people just didn't like the press that he was getting. It's the press, They yeah. don't even necessarily mm-hmm. care that it was racist or any of that shit. It's no. just that, like, he reflects poorly on their district or whatever. Yeah, too much attention. And he lost his committee seats, so the argument was that like, he was also impotent. Yeah, right, that was a big argument, yeah. Yeah, that was Feenstra's primary campaign, was like, well, this guy's ineffective now, he isn't he? He can't even do his job because <laughs> yeah. he can't keep his mouth shut. He can't help President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he can't, yeah. He's too racist to help (laughs) the racist campaign. (laughs) And again, it's like, I feel like important to note, it's just like the Disney thing with the titty lady is like, they're not being fired for the views. They're being fired for embarrassing press. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it em- it embarrasses Disney when you tweet anti-Semitism. Ironically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very <Disney's> ironically. <laughs> it's not always been the position of the Disney Corporation that anti-Semitism is disqualified. <laughs> hey, they've progressed. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's like embarrassing press. It has nothing to do with like whether you're allowed to be a white supremacist. Yeah. It's 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 mitigation of any sort of damage that someone like. A loose cannon like Steve King could cause. Right. Yep. Uh, Looking over his congressional career, you know, obviously he was in the House for like 20 years, so I can't really do like a thorough recap of everything that he introduced and like how far his proposals got. So I narrowed it down only to uh, legislation that he sponsored and introduced that then became law, which is a pretty high bar, I think, for like a single representative. Like most of them don't have a lot once you narrow it down that far. They don't have a lot of those accomplishments, which, I mean, we don't want him to accomplish much, so that's actually good. (laughs) But uh, first up was House Resolution in the 2005 to 2006 term, uh, which recognizes the centennial anniversary of the Iranian Constitution of 1906. (laughs) That's a big deal, right? (laughs) (laughs) And up next was a resolution in the 2007 to 2008 term, which recognizes the importance of Christmas and the Christian faith. Sick. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, lo- so I looked up Roy Nielsen, and he's pretty, he's good. Yeah? Yeah. 2006 is when he's mm-hmm. saying this stuff. Yeah. And he's, like, saying there should be an increase in the minimum wage, alternative energy should be a priority, tax breaks are continually being given to the wealthiest, and families need help. We need a congressman, this is interesting to me, who's not interested in building walls or his own ego rather than building up the lives of those he's served. I don't want a wall to take over the Statue of Liberty as a symbol of America. This was in 2006. Right. And he's he's an independent candidate, so no party support. And he pulled, what was it, like four and a half percent? Yeah. Of Iowa's fourth district. So that's significant. He owns a pet store. Okay, I, I kind of like him. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like, yeah, like even, I don't know, even long shot. I mean, obviously it wasn't enough to 
you know, do any damage to Steve King. But if you increase that four to like seven or like eight, like <laughs> he can swing elections that way. And like, unfortunately, our way of voting, like the fact that we don't have ranked choice makes it harder for any like third party to establish themselves. But yeah, like that's that that forces people to pay attention. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah it, and it, it actually... is not throwing away your vote and you shouldn't feel ashamed exactly. if you want to vote third party. Yeah. There are right, reasons yeah. for it. In a case like that, like like not having ranked choice makes your candidacy like more of a threat. So if you're trying to push certain issues like into the forefront, like get more attention, like I guess that's a decent way to do it. Yeah. It's like if I gather enough people to my side, like I can throw this election against yeah. you. <laughs> I don't care about the force to vote shit, but I would like to have some fucking organized sort of group to that actually is a threat to the Democratic Party. Not even a threat. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it doesn't take that much, but... I don't know. I don't know where that's going to come from or how it's going to be built, but yeah. But just like, don't, if this is how you want to vote, don't ever let people tell you that you're throwing your vote away because like you can definitely swing things. You can get attention to issues like someone who runs on like, you know, I'm just a Medicare for all candidate and I know I'm going to lose, but you know, my job, you know, you're not. Republicans are willing to withhold their votes in like, it's not even like that they're particularly organized necessarily. It's just that they have such uh, particular tastes that they like to see reflected. <laughs> and, well, uh, and you have someone they don't like, like this wishy-washy that. shit. So. Yeah. yeah, if you have someone like that, you can pull Democrats four don't or five do that pers- because, yeah, it's, yeah, sorry, but. Because yeah. they're pussy babies. Yes. You, can pull, you can pull four or five percent from a Steve King just for being, like, aggressive and talking some about, like, regular families versus the wealthy. Like right. there is, there are some people you can peel that way. Yeah. And in a, in a district like that, like it's obvious the Democrats not going to do very well. So it's also a, a good place to do resources that. into it anyway. So it just no, kind of no. opens the fucking lane for that sort of thing. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I just think it's valid. And I hate when people talk about like protest votes or like throwing a vote. Like Ralph Nader was sick. Like he rocks. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Again, focus on the people who don't vote at all. Right. If you're if you're going to be concerned about that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the funniest part of this list of of Steve's like successful sponsored bills. Uh, this was in the 111th Congress, so 2009 to 2010. King sponsored a resolution uh, which is summarized as follows. Congratulating the on-premise sign industry for its contribution to the success of small businesses. (laughs) The the on-premise sign industry. (laughs) Round of applause for uh, signs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking of that. I just love signs. (laughs) Nesper signs, man. They always have a funny joke on that, uh, you know, little billboard outside I three eighty going into Cedar Rapids. I just want to congratulate signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got a really, really good sign for King Construction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually have to correct myself. This is just stuff that passed the House. This isn't even stuff that passed both chambers. Ooh, did it die in the anti-sign Senate? <laughs> it's. I don't really know how to navigate like this like archive of house bills that well, so I don't even know what, what happened after that. But uh, 
the last one I think is the most significant. This was in 2017. Uh, Steve King sponsored the Protecting Access to Care Act of 2017. And okay, sure. The, oh, my God. The name, that's, of course, is like the exact opposite of what it does. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that sounds like the sort of thing that you would just like say to, I mean, Democrats love access to health care. Right. It's like sort of like uh, bizarro, bizarro Obamacare. Yeah. Uh, and then the, <laughs> this is just funny. The final sponsored bill that Steve King introduced was on December 31st of 2020. And it was uh, nullifying the impeachment of Donald John Trump. That was his, his final act. Wait, there's a, a way to nullify impeachment? You can undo it? I guess. But, I mean, it wasn't even That's... put up to a vote. Wow. Like, they didn't even bother entertaining That sounds like undoing this. your lost virginity. Are they, like, going in and baptizing them? <laughs> yeah. You are now unimpeached. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also biblical. It's like you're free of sin. <laughs> <laughs> His final act was to introduce a bill to uh, baptize Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to wash away the sins. <laughs> yeah. I would pay so much money to see Donald Trump get baptized in a river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. His hair would get all messed up. Yeah. It's just a really thought, funny Actually, yeah, now that you mention it, that would be... <laughs> if Joe Biden wants to, to bring unity to the country, and Joe Biden is a Catholic. Yeah, yeah. A river is so icky to Donald Trump. Like, he would just think it's gross on principle, and then the hair stuff. <laughs> and just the idea of bowing before someone in a, a white dress. Like, <laughs> yeah, he has to wear, like, a... Uh, what's the the gown they call when they yeah. they make a baby wear like a weird dress to get back? <laughs> I can't remember. What There's like that? a specific name. What for is that. that called? Bab? No, not baptismal robe. What's just the baptismal dress? gown? Is that it? <laughs> I extremely love this picture in my head. Somebody please make this a fan art. Just like a soaking wet Donald Trump with like makeup running and just like upset with like the <laughs> feeling like it's so icky. Like he just has a thing about stuff being icky. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of uh, christening gowns is the term I was thinking Christening of. gowns. That's yeah. what it is. Baptismal gowns is also used apparently. Okay. I have like one final piece to read, which is about like Steve King's final days as a congressman and what he wants to do in the future. Before I say that, obviously we covered like just tiny little pieces of his long career as a pretty prominent like far right member of the Republican representation in the federal government. And I was trying, you know, not to cover the same ground that had been covered over and over with all the racist shit he said. Not that it's not important, just that, you know, we want to say something else, <laughs> like provide new information to people. But I highly recommend the uh, Steve King's White America series in the Iowa Informer by Gavin Aronson. Uh, there's an article called Steve King's White America, and then he has like a series of articles under that title, Steve King's White America. He's done a lot of uh, reporting on Steve King's extremely racist history. <laughs> And also, I mean, if you want to cover, like, follow me down the path, you can go to the Sioux City Journal website and just search, quote, Steve King, end quote, and sort by uh, ascending oldest to newest. That's what I did for most oh, of this. Oh, boy. And you can, go, fun. you can go crazy digging into that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like the more interesting thing is to go through all this like minutia and like petty little bullshit because everyone knows like you're not going to fill a country with other people's babies. Uh, you know, those <laughs> like the classic quotes, just for the record, we know those are bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah, those, like, I mean, it is important that he said that shit. It's just like that's already I mean, received plenty know. of attention. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now uh, one final word from Steve King. I mean, I assume he's still going to be around, but this is an article sort of about the end of his career. This is at RadioIowa.com. It's by O.K. Henderson. (laughs) So that's like the initial O and then K-A-Y. So O.K. Henderson. Oh, oh, I love that. All right. I was picturing O apostrophe K. (laughs) (laughs) O.K. Okay. Uh, Steve King blasts GOP hierarchy, not ruling out another run for office. So he's going out guns blazing. Love it. Republican Congressman Steve King says he plans to stay active in the country's political debates once his ninth term in the U.S. House ends at noon on Sunday, and the 71-year-old is not ruling out another run for public office. Uh, this was published on December 31st, 2020. So just right at the Dude, end. Dude, he's that old? Why do you want to have a job when they're you're that old and you don't have to? I don't get yeah. this. <laughs> to serve the people of Iowa, Natalie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just like your ego and you're jerking yourself off. But like, why yeah, do yeah. you want to? I mean, obviously he's fucking delusional to think that's right. even possible. <laughs> <laughs> After 24 years of public service in the middle of the heart of all of these important issues... There's a lot of these accumulated experience that I just can't let go to waste, King told Radio (laughs) Iowa. Just wasting (laughs) sign accolade experience. (laughs) I want to make sure that they're available and that I can help people. It should be very clear that the hierarchy within the party has not been my friend. The leadership in the United States Congress has not been my friend. Uh, They have worked together to orchestrate a result that they all seem to be very pleased with. (laughs) Uh, King (laughs) said during an interview on Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's something we have to work around, but it's a reality. Who's the weed? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's like throngs of loyal followers. 35% in the primary. Yeah. Uh, King said... Uh, never say never, and he's not ruling out running for some other office or endorsing a presidential candidate uh, in the next... It says 2020 Iowa caucuses, but this is like a year late, so I assume they mean 2024. Um, also, I I didn't get to this in like any of the stuff I read to you, but he was considering running for governor in like the mid-2000s. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like uh, 2006 or 2004, I don't remember, but... While he was in Congress, he considered running for governor here. We see what happens when the elitists and the globalists and the never Trumpers band together, Ooh. King said. Note if you're dumb <laughs> if you're dumb like me and it took you forever to pick up on it, globalist means Jews. <laughs> yeah, more or less. It took me a it took me a while to understand because I'm not like mired in that shit, but globalist means Jews. <laughs> Trans- translations to the, when, to the yeah when someone who, like steve king yeah absolutely yeah. but most of the time it's just people throwing a fucking tantrum over the fact that like <laughs> yeah our culture or you know our world is more connected than ever like it's just a yeah. fact of life that it's not going to fucking reverse itself anytime soon yeah it's kind of a bummer i mean this is like the case with pretty much all of conspiracy theory but uh 
you could make some sort of like valid points about the global economy. Yeah, about but multinational yeah. corporations but you, like waiving regulations at their <laughs> leisure. If you use the word globalist, though, I mean, now it just means you're talking about Jews. Which is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You which can is make probably an argument, not a valid way but, to talk about it. <laughs> you can make an anti-globalist argument, but... <laughs> Anecdote about when I first understood that like anti-Semitism was the thing again is I went to a Chuck Grassley town hall and the fucking sheriff of Parkersburg. So an elective official stood up and said, I know that most of you are paid by George Soros to be here today. <laughs> and yeah. that is when I first learned that George Soros meant Jews. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that that was that, you know, like it just it's like if you're not admired on the like insane ecosystem, it can take a minute for you to catch up. And I was like, wait, what yeah, the I fuck mean, does most, that mean? Most of the people in that room probably have no idea who that is. <laughs> right. I didn't know who the fuck that was yeah, or what yeah. it meant. And it's like apparent. But apparently it had already like gotten into the bloodstream of. I yeah. don't know. And mm-hmm. I didn't hear I didn't hear of QAnon until like six months ago. Like if you're just <laughs> if you're not like embroiled in this, it takes a minute for you to catch up. Like no. a normal person with a normal brain doesn't hear George Soros and think international cabal of Jews. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fucked up. And it's like the financial financialization of like the global economy is a bad thing. You can just say that instead of like mm-hmm. it just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but unfortunately you can't talk about it because they've gone into overtime like tying that into like anti-semitic jewish yeah. conspiracy theories anyway uh we see what happens when the elitists and the globalists and the never trumpers band together and how they pull this policy away from the principles that restore the pillars of american exceptionalism it's a lot of buzzwords there mr king i don't really know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> I mean, I think I you think can parse it mad. out to be like the the Jews are yeah. undermining American. I mean, I don't want to learn to translate that bullshit. <laughs> no, no, no. The yeah. white man is in trouble. I think he's is what just he's fucking. He's just throwing a tantrum at this point. He he got kicked out. King has written a book titled "Walking Through the Fire," and he announced this fall that it would be released in November. Again, this article came out in December, so it's... Is it self-published? <laughs> I need it to be self-published to yeah, do that. that's going to be the whole... That's the whole big thing right now with all the book publishers. Uh, <laughs> what, who was it that they were... That Holly, was, Josh Holly. Oh, it was Holly. Ben Shapiro. Yeah, and Holly, too. But there is, like, Ben Shapiro was going to write a book, and, like, he got dropped from, like... Or another book, and he got dropped from, like, Penguin or whoever. Yeah, Something well, like let me, I, don't, let me, I don't remember the details. Let me continue here. That's my frustration is that the publisher I had, I let him go because I'll just put it this way. He was all hat and no cattle. And so now I'm on the cusp of making and reaching another agreement. (laughs) He didn't drop me. I dropped him. Yeah. 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 (laughs) In the two months since this article came out, I don't think there's been any like news about the future of this book walking through the fire. And I guess I, yeah, this was in another article I read, but Walking Through the Fire, that is apparently uh, an Andrew Breitbart quote. (laughs) So King is naming his book after Andrew Breitbart. If you were wondering uh, what I just Googled, what I just Googled was Steve King book. I was so dumb. <laughs> All right. I guess, I guess he's already published like We're going 50 full books. Circle. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, once this book is published, King plans to embark on a publicity tour. Crossing my fingers that that comes near me. Uh, King was not <laughs> King was not in Washington this past Monday when the U.S. House voted to override the president's veto and to endorse sending $2,000 federal stimulus payments to most every American. Uh, December 31st, $2,000 checks. Hmm. Mm. <clears throat> King said he had a cold and it did not seem wise to fly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's skipping out on his final days in Congress because he, he was sick. Is he, he's not had COVID yet, has he? I don't believe so. Uh, but this is a quote from him about that. Imagine sitting on a plane, coughing and blowing your nose, and having them call for an emergency landing because they diagnose <laughs> you with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh. it's just a cold but i looked at that and thought i'd still take the chance but i knew the results of both of those votes and so that's why i didn't go to washington okay sure loser <laughs> that's the only way to beat these people is to just call them a fucking loser the that's only loser. thing you that's can like low work ethic come on man. <laughs> yeah low, low t beta <laughs> what that's like you quitting that's like you not showing up for the last day of your job like an ordinary schmuck that you hate (laughs) yeah i'm against that entirely yeah (laughs) no i mean you shouldn't hate that but someone like steve king you know he's he's not gonna like if one of his employees at his construction company oh yeah yeah. didn't show up on their last day or didn't give him two weeks notice he would yeah throw a fit yeah refuse to give them their final check yeah (laughs) okay king in one of his final acts in the u.s house filed a 20-page ethics complaint against house republican leader kevin mccarthy a protest of McCarthy's 2019 decision to strip King of his committee assignments. Uh, King said a search of House records by congressional staff suggests that every other member of the U.S. House who's been tossed off committees either switched parties, was under some sort of investigation, or had been convicted of a crime. So that's how he finished his congressional career. Kevin McCarthy is a particularly frothing freak, too. So I love (laughs) it when you get mad at, like, other freaks. <laughs> Didn't show up for his last day, filed a petty ethics complaint against his boss. He just went, went out, out swinging. With a real, real wet whimper. Yeah, like, pathetically throwing yeah, his sad. fists. Impotently fl- flipping his dick around. <laughs> a, a weak tantrum. <laughs> yep. Sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> what a, a hater and a loser. I forgot that he questioned if there would be any population left if not for rape and incest. God, that was him? Oh, my God, dude. What if we went back through all the family trees and pulled out all the people that were products of rape (laughs) and incest? Would there be any population left? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's like the same thing as like saying like being gay is bad because you can't reproduce or like some shit like that. Entire generations of the human populations were the result of rape and incest. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) That's all it really comes down to is policing reproduction. Well, I mean, that's a a look at just a few moments in (laughs) Steve King's career, and hopefully that's the end of his political career. But uh, he he does have a book that he's trying to get out. So it's the article I saw said it will be released in two weeks in September yeah, yeah, 2020. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that one too, and it's it's still not out. He hasn't talked about it in a long time. So I love that. <laughs> I will make the pledge now that if he ever manages to publish that book, I will read it <laughs> for the show. Absolutely. <laughs> but until then, we can just hope that Steve King has 
has reached his peak in terms of his power over the rest of America and that he will be on a steady decline for hopefully uh, a short <laughs> amount of yeah. time in his <laughs> I don't really think he's coming back. I don't, I don't know if any... No, what can he do? No. I mean, yeah, like I said, like earlier, like OAN News or whatever, but I don't even... I don't think he's charismatic he's so enough to become point. a... Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the the titty lady is a much higher likelihood of getting an away uh, show. Than he like actively yeah. tried to suck up to Trump, and he still wasn't like one of the like inner circle golden blessed ones. Yeah. yeah, like how sad is that? You like fucking suck up to this like freak, and he doesn't even like know you. I yeah. love it. And Trump was like a dream president for King. You know, like he oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. from what we read, like he was a big fan of Bush. But I mean, Trump was perfect for him <laughs> and, yeah and still it, it led to the complete collapse of his political power <laughs> well i think we've discussed him to death uh again probably we won't talk about him ever again until the book comes out so cross your fingers <laughs> yeah cross your fingers that he never writes that book <laughs> well he he <laughs> never finishes it no, he's I finished want it, self-published but... baby self-published yeah vanity That's press the saddest thing you can do he's gonna yeah, go to baby. the same company that uh just Rex Imperator, and... yeah, he'll put yeah. it out on Rex Imperator. <laughs> Little freak bookstore with some kind of like sicko running it. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I'll get my book signed. <laughs> well, I think we've done it. Uh, any closing arguments? Anyone want to argue in favor of Steve King right at the end of the episode? <laughs> hmm. No. You know what? I think that there are cool signs. <laughs> so i like that yeah i would like to congratulate the on-premise sign industry as well yeah yeah (laughs) the nesper sign never repeats jokes and it's i know that is you know what yeah so yeah we're we're down with big sign (laughs) 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 i think those the people that own that company are like they were big trump fans too i'm sure they were well I'm sure. I mean, it's very like, yeah, like sign Trump likes signs. <laughs> I mean, that's the MAGA exactly hat's basically the, like, a sign. Yeah, the kind of mid-sized business that likes to think it's construction. But yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck signs. Can we end with that sign song? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Sign, sure. Sign Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> what is the base? Do, or? do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Can you read the sign? Yeah. It's long haired one, one about Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah that's coming up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We've been talking for bye. too long, so I'll just end it there. Mm. Bye. Yeah, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye bye bye. And the sign said long haired freaky people need not apply. So I took my hair up under my hat.